Welcome to the Scuttlebutt on 89.1 KNSJ Disconzo, San Diego's only military radio hour, with your hosts, Maximus and Van, bringing you news, stories, and interviews from and for the military and veteran community of San Diego. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Scuttlebutt Show. This is the fifth episode of our new weekly program by and for the past, present, and future active duty, veteran, reserve, and DOD civilian military community of San Diego, and of course, all of the above's families, and anyone else who might be listening as well. I'm Max Maximus Bloom, and I'm here with my co-host, Van, and today, oh, yeah. today, so we've been doing some cool episodes, we've had some really great guests over the last five weeks, but today what I want to do is try to talk about who we are and what it is that we are here to do. So... Let's let's not delay. Let's talk about uh, let's get into kind of the routine of the show. Actually, Van, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I was just uh, as you're doing the introduction there. I was just thinking. Uh, so this is the fifth show, and I'm are we going to keep counting the shows like UFC? Like, like it, it kind of got that UFC vibe. So uh, I'm just curious. I was going to ask you off the air, but since you asked me how I'm doing, and this is exactly uh, what I was just thinking was, uh, when are we just going to start uh, saying Happy Friday to people? Try to get them to call in while they're sitting in traffic. Oh, yeah. So for our listeners who, who may want to call in, our phone number is 619-528-8383. We, are, we don't have producer Mikey in the room today, but we will try to get to your phone calls. Or you could hit us up on Instagram or Facebook at The Scuttlebutt Show, and we'll be going on Facebook Live here in a little bit. Yeah, Mike's on, uh, on vacation. So wherever you're at, Mike, if you're listening, uh, have a good vacation. We miss you, buddy, and we'll see you when you get back. Yeah, so... This is our so this is our fifth week and this is episode five. But what I did was I called um, this season one. There so it is. A, in 2018, we'll go season two. That totally makes sense because you do put them online, and so our listeners can listen to our episodes. They can go back and catch an episode. So knowing what number we're on is actually pretty important. Yeah, and that's what the guy with the little brain doesn't doesn't understand those things. So that's why we need guys like you with the big brains, so that the little guys like me. Uh, who, who I just I just got feet and legs and a little tiny brain and a mouth and then so I just jump on on just random conversations and I do this in real life too so this is really not that far away from my from my real personality in life I just I enjoy my little brain and my big mouth I feel like you know what you hear out of my mouth is what you would hear if I was standing there talking to you on the street or you know when I'm at work and chatting uh, I bring the same personality I don't I don't really switch it up. Absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. Okay, so let's get into kind of the first segment, which we've been doing for the last few weeks, which is I really enjoy it. It's the military word of the day. Yes, and I'm going to tie this into uh, the, a little news article, some current news, we're going to get into some military history later on the show. But let's get into the military word of the day, which is <laughs> helicopter roll, helicopter roll, bird. So the word mm. is bird. Bird is the word. Bird is the word. That's it. I can't sing. What's it? What's it mean for our? You know, are we taking calls today? We are. We're gonna. We're gonna. If somebody calls in, we're gonna try to take. Should that we call. leave it out there, or should we? Should for for a listener to try to answer that, or do you want to solve it? Well, okay. I, I like that idea. Yeah. And I let's try that with the next one. But next, I'm, I put myself in a in a pinch this time because I got to use the definition of the word to move into the news story. There we go. Okay. So for our listeners out there who may not know. I wrote a little creative sentence, too, for um, for this word. So bird. Bird means aircraft. So when we're saying uh, the following sentence, 
hey, the bird lands at 9. Make sure you're at the flight line at 5, and then await word that the bird has been delayed 24 hours. By the way, this is the bird that is taking you home from deployment. <laughs> so, I know. So you really should care. And it's definitely getting canceled. So, <laughs> I know that that's got to resonate. Yeah, that's got to resonate with some of our listeners. Out yes, there. and I'm sure that's not a made-up story at all. Oh no, no, many times. Yeah, rolled to the right. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll save rolling to the right or rolling to the left for next week. But mm. when things get rolled to the right, yeah, we'll, we'll just save it. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to use the word bird. Check this out. This is a pretty cool, not cool, kind of cool, but kind of also. You know, I don't know what I think. It kind of bums me out. It kind of makes me upset to hear people doing such dumb stuff as this. Okay. So, the first confirmed crash of a drone, so what I'm talking about is like a hobbyist quadcopter, one of those little toys, right. you, like either a toy or a video recorder. Like the ones that tons of parents out there are probably buying for their kids this Christmas. Exactly. At that Kohl's, time. or I don't know if I can name all those places, but maybe, maybe. the different department yeah. stores, you see them at the checkout line, there's little tiny baby ones, there's like huge ones with cameras on them. Mm-hmm. And just any old regular, and quadcopter is pretty easy to fly. So yeah. they're for guys like me. Yeah, so so they are a great toy, and Christmas is next week. Uh, maybe it's 10 days from now, I guess, so it's a week and a half away. I'm sure many people will be getting these for Christmas, and this is kind of why I want to bring up this story, kind of as a, a cautionary tale. Okay. So the first confirmed crash of one of those drones into a manned aircraft or a manned bird, which means a bird with people on it, wow. was this year in New York State into an Army Black Hawk. Probably the wrong guys to crash into. Yeah. So somebody flew their Phantom, which I'm familiar with, the quadcopter, the white one. It's very common. It's probably the, the one that everyone thinks of when they think of the quadcopter. Pretty pricey. Is it like the $1,000 one? Yeah. 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 So somebody flew this thing into an army helicopter full of people. Uh, not a great idea. You know what the worst part is? Tell me the worst part. There's probably a camera on board, and they videotaped them launching it and being uh, not as responsible as maybe they should be, because, correct me if I'm wrong, that's Class G airspace. I believe Class G airspace goes from the surface, and then depending on the different types of airspace there is, I think it can go up to 800 feet, uh, or 1,200 feet, and any of our listeners can call in and correct us on that, but uh, I know that there's different layers, but I, I don't think uh, the G airspace normally goes above 1,200, so if you are an enthusiast out there, uh, I would, if I was to go out and do a few boxes for me for Christmas, uh, I would not fly it above 500 feet, which makes me wonder um, what kind of comes in the packaging to, to help prevent that from happening. The most important thing in the packaging is the pilot, who's outside the packaging. That's right. So when I was reading this story, and you know, good point. I was, when I was reading this story, uh, they they apprehended the guy. He he was found negligent by the FAA. The investigation is over, and they they ruled. Oh wow! So for all our future, I know people listening out there are going to have drones, or they already have them. For our listeners who are the drone pilots out there, and, and that's certainly a cool thing. You should be doing it. Um, the rules are you can't fly it further away than you can see it. Mm. So this guy was flying two and a half miles away from where he was. And here's the part that kind of made me laugh, even though, okay, I should say no one was hurt. There were no injuries. The helicopter was minorly damaged uh, and everyone walked away, which is the most important thing. I hope the UAV was okay. The UAV was totally destroyed. Okay. Yeah. I, which I'm kind of glad. Yeah, I think that's a lesson you got to learn, right? 
Well, the FAA needed the video. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, the guy in, in the interview, this is not a direct quote. I'm, I'm going to put in my own words. The guy, when asked about the FAA regulations, the guy said, eh, heard of it. Wow. That was his, his uh, amount of expertise that he had on it. So that's like saying, uh, yeah, I've heard of blinkers. Yeah. Don't use them. Yeah, don't, they're optional. Ran out of fluid. Recommendation. Blinker fluid. Yeah. yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Make sure you fill your uh, headlights up with water in the winter so yeah. they don't. So tell me if you heard about this. So uh, with the current administration, uh, uh, President Trump's administration, uh, is does he have the FAA or something, like the FCC or something? Like drone pilots now have to register. Maybe we should do a Google search while we're on the air. But I think drone pilots now have to register. Which I think, I actually agree with that. And I, I do think that anybody who wants to fly a drone or a UAV uh, inside of American airspace, uh, I think unless it has a limiter on it, which prevents it from going above 500 feet, I think you should have to register it. And of course, you know, you know the, the, the ingenuity that's out there from these shade tree techs, you know, they could probably bypass a 500 foot limiter, but I mean, Maybe they could, you know, make a some type of special law for that guy. Like, you're going to go live in Guantanamo Bay now, now that you uh, bypassed your limiter on your drone. So I, di- I think I, I did hear that. I'll, I'll Google search it while you're going through some other stuff, and then I'll follow up with it if it's any different from what I just said. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, when uh, I, one of the things that resonated me, or like it just made me think, was uh, when I read that it was an Army Black Hawk, I've done a lot of deployments with where I've worked with the army yeah and I was one of, one of the times I was in Afghanistan I don't know if I told this story on the air or not I don't, I don't think that I have. Uh, one of the times that I was in Afghanistan we were going out to the flight line to meet our bird which was an army black hawk okay. and we're getting ready to get in and the guy sees that I was Navy because I was wearing a US Navy did you give him, did you give him an old uh, oh yeah well he used to be so he used to be in the Navy oh and gave you a hoo yeah yeah got it. and he, he tells me uh yeah, I used to be a, a mechanic in the Navy on airplanes, but now I'm a, uh, the crew chief, which is like the guy sitting in the back of the helicopter who's kind of in charge of making sure that everything is where it needs to be and everyone's safe back there. Uh, he says, I used to be a, a maintainer in the Navy on aircraft. Now I'm in the Army, and it's so much better. We don't do nearly as much maintenance. Oh, in and the I, Army. I was like, I don't want to go on your airplane then. Right. Why? You don't do oil changes, huh? Yeah. So no blinker fluid. We don't do any of that corrosion stuff yeah. for all our, our Navy. Well, they, yeah, I guess they do live in a completely different... And, I mean, since we're talking about it, um, I, at one point, uh, turned some wrenches on, on, on the famed uh, Navy version of the Black Hawk. And those are called Seahawks. They're called H-60s. And uh, I've done them on a couple other airplanes as well. Uh, but one thing that stands out, uh, when the Navy ordered... Uh, those Seahawks. It's actually a Blackhawk frame, and then the maker of the helicopter, which is Sikorsky, um, basically built uh, the Navy version of it, which allowed it uh, to have an automated blade fold system. Because in the Navy, when you bring uh, helicopters and airplanes on the ship, you have to be able to shrink, uh, shrink it as much as possible whenever you're going to fold it, stuff it for heavy seas or, you know, to get as many as they can on board. So uh, when it comes to 
you know, there's the, the basics of, the, of those helicopters. There's a lot of differences between Army and Navy. And the fact that the Navy is out at sea in the salt waters constantly uh, in the air, uh, and it's there's salt spray coming from the from the waves as they hit the waves, and then as even as they approach the ships, how low the helicopters get, they get all that salt spray on them. And we just in the Navy we battled corrosion constantly, and so I could see that not being as much of a problem, especially in Afghanistan or Iraq, because even here when they want to retire an airplane and they send it to what is it Davis Mothin. And in, is it New Mexico or Arizona? Anyways, it's just a dry desert climate, which is basically uh, high desert is what they're dealing with over there. So in Afghanistan, so it makes sense to me that they don't have as robust of a corrosion control program uh, that the standard Navy squadron or unit would have. For any of our listeners who might not know about the about corrosion, what that is, in in the sign, this is the scientific way that I understand corrosion. Uh, it's where metal turns brown and falls apart. <laughs> is that, am, am I basically that's it right yeah that, some metals do it a little different like aluminum will turn white and fall apart and then you'll get like if you get two different types of metals uh, and, and see if you remember this because oh took, no is this a pop quiz yeah yeah so alright so this is dissimilar uh, metal corrosion so when you have two different types of metal against each other it accelerates um, because they the two different uh, metals are trying to balance between each other trying to become each other and so all the electrons begin to flow because corrosion is just an electrical process within the metal. And it's returning back to its natural elements. That's, that's what's cracking right there. So when you get those uh, different types of corrosions, the similar uh, metal corrosion is one of the biggest ones we had to deal with. And also pitting corrosion because the water would get trapped uh, in entrapment areas. So And then that's where we just kind of sit there and slowly return back to its natural form of aluminum. So... But I like your definition because uh, it's it makes sense to the army. And for our listeners out there, I passed the quiz by just smi- smiling and nodding back yes. in. Yes. Okay. So let's get back on track here a little bit with um, our next uh, special bit that we do. Uh, this is a big shout out to our friend Bo at Evolve Fitness, who's been kind of keeping us in check with our fitness over the holiday season as Christmas and New Year's approaches. Yeah. Where is Bo, by the way? Bo is up in us. Uh, Scripps area, yep. Scripps Ranch. Yep. Uh, North San Diego. Yeah, he has a gym called Evolve Fitness, and he's prior Navy. He's a groundwater riverine guy. Yep. And now he's doing a health and fitness, and he's got a great gym up there, and he's got a lot of happy clients, and he'll whoop you in the shape. And he's local here for the next uh, couple weeks, right? He's not going anywhere? Oh, yeah. He's, yep. He, yep. he's not going anywhere, and he does a little bit for us. And uh, what I'm going to do now is we're going to play Bo's soundbite, his fitness tip of the week. Here we go. What's going on, everybody? It's Coach Bo here at Evolve Nutrition and Fitness with your Friday fitness tip. So 2018, literally right around the corner. So I'm going to teach you guys how to set your goals for 2018, okay? With a lot of my clients, I use an acronym called SMART. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time, okay? So grab a piece of paper and a pen, and we're going to start with Specific, Okay, your goal under when you're choosing your goal, it should be clear and easy to understand. A common goal I get is get healthy, but that's too general. There are many ways to get healthy. Okay, how do you want to do it? Is it by losing weight? Is it by exercising? Break it down and it'll be easier to manage. Okay, when we're trying to achieve these goals, let's pick weight loss and make our small smart goal out of that. Okay, so for example. 
I want to lose weight. That's my specific goal, okay? Measurable. M, a goal to lose weight is simply not enough. How will you track your progress and how will you know when you reached your goal? Make the goal measurable by adding numbers. So under measurable, let's add a number to I will lose weight, okay? Or I want to lose weight. Let's add 20 pounds. Now we have a measurable goal, right? So now we can track our progress towards getting 20, towards our 20 pound weight loss. Attainable. Before you can add a number, you have to know how high or low you wanna go. It's a good to shoot for the stars, but don't be too extreme. We don't want to demotivate ourselves because we're not on track to hit our goal. Okay, I see that a lot. So let's set a measurable goal, 20 pounds, in six weeks, or sorry, an attainable goal, 20 pounds in six weeks, it's a pretty good goal. And I've seen it done, I do it on a regular basis with my clients, so that's an attainable goal, okay? Relevant, here it's super important. Set goals that are important to you and your life, okay? Don't set goals based on off of somebody else. Don't base, don't set goals because your husband wants you to lose your 20, wants you to lose 20 pounds, or you're doing it for, him or her or your significant other. It has to be for yourself, okay? So make it important to you. And time. Set a good time, okay? If you say you want to lose 20 pounds in seven days, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure, okay? With losing weight, the typical healthy weight loss is about one to two and a half pounds per week. So set a deadline accordingly, okay? So if you want to lose 20 pounds in six weeks, we're there, okay? Set goals, set goals, set goals. We're a few weeks from 2018. Set your goals. Use the SMART acronym. It will help you tremendously stay on track with hitting your fitness goals. Again, if you have questions, follow me on Instagram and EvolveSD or give us a call, okay? Talk to you soon. Bo, out. All right, Bo. Uh, so the acronym there was SMART, S-M-A-R-T. We appreciate that, Bo. And uh, those are the listeners uh, that would like to look up Bo. He's working at uh, Evolve Fitness up in Scripps Ranch. And that's uh, part of the holiday uh, routine that he's been sending us for the last couple of weeks. He'll continue to do that uh, through December. And uh, we'll keep him on board, Give him a, continue to give him a bit throughout the year. But this month has been mostly focused on trying to stay away from the, the holiday 20 pounds that everybody puts on after Thanksgiving, between Thanksgiving and New Year's. So SMART was the acronym there. I really like the SMART acronym. Yeah, uh, because it's, it's really true. You have to make those goals little bits at a time and something you can actually do. Otherwise, you never reach your goals and you just quit over and over and over again. Yeah, I liked his other one where he kind of talked about having a partner to keep you motivated. And, you know, if you don't have a partner, the acronyms do help. And short acronyms really help. Like, I still remember RICE for injuries. You know what I mean? Like, RICE uh, it stands for rest, uh, ice, uh, that's com- it. Compression, <laughs> rest and ice, <laughs> compression, and then elevation. So, uh, like those little short ones are really effective for the small brain guys. So, listen, Max, I, I did a little bit of uh, Google research on on the the Trump, uh, the FAA drone. They call so they're calling them toy drone users or drone hobbyists. And basically, uh, there was an interim law passed during the Obama administration, and. The FAA was uh, kind of, it was like a test run, a trial run. Uh, But the 2018 National Defense Authorization Act uh, 
landed on uh, President Trump's uh, desk on Tuesday, and it will uh, restore those previous restrictions um, that were uh, put in place in 2015 and then fell dead in 2017. Basically, uh, the rule, uh, it requires model aircraft owners to provide their name, email address, and physical address, pay a $5 registration fee, and display a unique drone ID number at all times. Those who fail to comply could face civil and criminal penalties. So this is important uh, for our listeners who might have uh, got their, their loved ones, uh, a small drone or something like that. It's, it's, it's important. You can go to the FAA.gov website to get information on it. Uh, but just remember, uh, if, if that doesn't, if you, if you aren't one of the people who bought a drone for one of your loved ones or asked for one, just remember how many times you fly a year. And just remember how low those airplanes get uh, coming into Lindbergh here. And imagine one of these hobbyists had it not been a Black Hawk helicopter. And, and uh, you know, those, those, black, those helicopters, don't, they, they travel fast, faster than a vehicle, a car, uh, but not as fast as these jet airliners coming in for a landing. So imagine the impact uh, that, uh, uh, you know, one of these major airlines as they're coming in for a landing, uh, the impact that that could have on the safety of everybody on board. So uh, it's important that we keep each other honest, and uh, that's, that's unfortunate that that happened. I'm glad nobody was hurt, but at the same time, it's a good story. I'm glad you covered it because it, uh, you know, it's something, it's a, future, it's a future issue that has to be dealt with, and it, it, it impacts uh, public safety. And I remember on 4th of July, I was watching the fireworks, and I remember seeing, I thought we were being invaded by uh, UFOs <laughs> until I realized, oh, those are drones. Like somebody else actually said it, and I was like, "Oh, never mind." Like I went to go get my zombie apocalypse kit, and, and then I realized, "Oh, those are those are actually drones." Do you have a kit? I do. I have a uh, well. I have so this is my I just call it the natural disaster uh, kit, and I have like some really basic things. Some uh, you know fire starter. Uh, I have a fire starter kit. I have some some blankets and stuff like that. I have a water a small low tech water filtration uh, system. And then I have uh, means uh, to chop wood, and then I have a small cooking pan in there too. And I, I figure, uh, I figure God will provide the rest, so I can survive on air and water uh, until I can find a really slow deer or something. <laughs> like that's my plan. It shouldn't be. <laughs> It'll be kind of hard in San Diego. Yeah. So with that, uh, a good analogy for you talking about, about the impact of, of a little drone like that into a big airplane. Yeah. For our motorcycle riding listeners, I know we have a bunch. If you've ever been wearing a a half shell helmet or something with some exposed skin, and you're riding down and you hit a little bug, and you feel a little sting when you hit a little bug on a motorcycle. But now make the bug three pounds. Oh, here we go. And make your speed ten times. Yeah, it's going to do some damage, some real damage. That, that's what's happening. Yeah. So I think it, I think it matters for the people who are out there who are definitely getting these things for Christmas. Yeah. It's happening. For yeah, hundred percent, definitely. Yep. So okay, guys. Yeah, so anyway, be careful out there with your drones. Yep. So. We, we kind of slowed it down this week. We have a great guest next week. We have a friend of mine named Jack, who is a bodybuilder. He was Navy veteran. Now he's a bodybuilder, big Instagram, famous guy. Uh, I saw him the other day. Deadlifts 500 pounds, five times in a row. Didn't Pretty look good. like it weighed anything, to be honest. Pretty good. And, uh, I mean, it looked like it weighed a lot, but he made it look light. Is his name Jack or Jack? Jack. It's jacked, 3D. <laughs> 3D. Now made with methamphetamines. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, and we've got a lot of great guests coming up in the future. We're going to have guests from uh, the VA, 
Department of Labor. We have guests with all kinds of veteran services, maybe yeah. some from, you know, we try to keep it positive on the show. And we, we highlight a lot of veterans who are succeeding in business and entrepreneurship and C-suite executives and all these things. But also, it's important to talk about guys who aren't doing so hot. So, and I, oh, and now while I'm thinking about it, Elliot McKenzie, uh, big shout out to Elliot McKenzie, who was one of our, yeah. our first guests. Uh, Marine, who's now singing up in Los Angeles, yeah. R&B singer, making a new album. And a song, Gunshots, he played on the radio. It was yeah. great. Great song. I downloaded it on iTunes later uh, that day mm-hmm. to be a supporter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we want to slow it down a little bit because we haven't really taken a minute to kind of explain who we are and right. what our what our mission here is. Yeah. So, uh, I, and, and I didn't prepare a, a mission statement, but I wanted to kind of ad-lib it, which is to kind of tell the story of when I was getting out of the military. Can I... You can. Can I? Can, can I enter whatever, whatever you're going to do? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because I think it's uh, also important. Uh, let's let's start with this. So real real quick before we start, go for it. I want to just let everyone know that if you want to watch me be interviewed, we're on Facebook Live right now at the Scuttlebutt Show. Mm-hmm. You can find us there. You can find us on Instagram at the Scuttlebutt Show. Yeah. You can email us at the Scuttlebutt Show at gmail.com. You can listen to us live on knsj.com, or you can just continue listening to us here on the on radio on eighty nine point one KNSJ. So, with that being said, yeah, proverbial plug. Yeah, uh, go ahead. All right. I'm ready. Interview face is on. All right. By uh, the way, oh, by the way, one more thing. Yep. Go. Uh, my interview face on Facebook Live has like a crown and a beard, uh, <laughs> augmented reality thing going on, <laughs> and a whopper in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, those of our listeners out there, uh, our guest today is uh, is Max. Uh, he is uh, the creator and the host of the Scuttlebutt Show on 89.1 FM. Uh, I am Van. I'm the co-host. Uh, I am also known as the Little Brain. And uh, so we have Max here. And uh, Max, as far as the Scuttlebutt Show is concerned, uh, when did you when did you first conceptualize uh, the Scuttlebutt Show? It was... Okay, great question. So I got to go through... I, I, ta- I think I've said this every week, and this is, I, I want to keep saying because I'm so grateful. I went through a, trans- a military transition program, which there's a lot out there. Um, I worked with a few others, HireHeroes.org, I want to say, a nonprofit, okay. who uh, they built a resume for me. They helped me with transition. They're, that was great. Um, but I went through a program called the Honor Foundation. And the Honor Foundation was a basically like a like a MBA-style business program preparing me for what the next life outside the military was going to be like. Okay, and so for our listeners, MBA stands for? Masters of Business Administration. Okay. I hope that's right. I okay. think that's what it is. Okay. Um, if that's not right, then call in and correct me. And I'll always call in and correct us. Keep us in check. Yeah, we're open to that. So so there you are. You're at the Honor Foundation. So you did the Hire for Heroes. I did Hire, hire Heroes. Hire Heroes. Mm-hmm. And, then and, you, and then you heard about the Honor Foundation through them, or you also did succinctly did the Honor Foundation after that? Yeah, so Hire Heroes was just somebody I like kind of, communicated with, talked with over email. They ha- I had like a sponsor um, and that was great. And there's a lot of programs out there like that. I'd like to keep talking about them. And, you know, some of the guests that we're going to have on are from programs like that. And we're going to keep sharing this great information. Yeah. But then I went through the Honor Foundation and that was uh, a phenomenal experience. 16 week program that prepared me for what my life was going to be like outside of the Navy. Right. So I, uh, I do that. And while I was there, I went through the Navy's or the, not the Navy's, but the DOD's transition program which was it used to be called taps for old school guys and uh and when we interviewed Stu headley last week for right. harvest survivor he said uh 
they taught him about finance and well that's so he said he had some financing uh, training on the on the way out and then we asked him uh, he said there was really no such program really uh, in place at the time and if you guys remember Stu Headley was a World War II Pearl Harbor survivor and so this is the 40s uh, he did a 20-year career so he was getting out in the early 60s is when he got out and so we asked him at that time uh, what was provided to him and what he wished was provided to him and what his answer was is that he wished when he first came in that oh, he had man. financial counseling and marriage counseling. Yeah, marriage. Yep, that yeah. was it. And I and I really agreed with that. I was like, wow, what a what a profound thing to to look back in hindsight with that twenty twenty vision and 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 sort of capture because you know I mean we can Google it. I don't know what the divorce rate is for uh, active duty military or we'll just say veterans in general, if it's any higher than the national average. Uh, but uh, being in the military is stressful, not for just the serving member, um, but the families also. And whenever those, whenever our service members are deployed, there is a family here uh, going to school, going to work, maintaining life, paying the mortgage, paying the rent, uh, trying to keep things afloat what used to take two adults in the household to do now is down to one adult. And sometimes you're going to have dinks, which is dual income, no kids, families. Um, and, and it's even difficult for them. So when Stu said that, it really meant something to me. So we, we were talking about you're going to the uh, Hired Heroes and then to the Honor Foundation. And then how you, you kind of segued over to Stu Headley just to kind of reference uh, what he received uh, when he got out in the early 60s, which is, which pales in comparison to what the DOD requires now, which is the TGPS, which is uh, Transition Goals, Plans, and Success. Mm -hmm. And yep. and so you take it from there. So you, you you were in the Honor Foundation, also enrolled in TGPS, and still active duty, obviously. Yep. And so you were getting ready to get out. Yes. So get ready to get out. And I go to the TGPS, and while I'm in the midst of getting this amazing, you know, education on what it is to be a professional in the business world. I go to TGPS and I, I'm there with the, at MCRD, San Diego, with all these Marines. And while I'm sitting in the class going over the curriculum, I keep thinking to myself, all these things that they're leaving out, like when it comes to resume building, when it comes to a LinkedIn profile, when it comes to dressing for success, it's, they're just giving you an, like, like an exposure to it, but not really giving you a lot of great information. So, not for lack of trying, they're doing a great program over there. So, I, I kept raising my hand, raising my hand. Hey, uh, we're talking about LinkedIn profiles. Let's get everyone a picture, like a profile picture. So, I brought in my camera because I do some photography and video stuff. You sure and did. I, and I took pictures, headshots of everybody who was in my class, and we put them up on LinkedIn, kind of, which they did for me at the Honor Foundation. And, uh, and I was like, man, this is like not a fair fight. You know, I saw these guys leaving it on Friday from... TGPS, which you have a resume, but it's, it's you know, it's whatever. It yep. just exists. You know, yep. it's not a stellar resume. And then you uh, you go on and then you go into into the world. And yeah. And that's just a check in the, in, the, in the box. Right. And so. And so before you before you take off with that, I will say that it, I, I have heard somebody uh, reference TGPS and that TAPS process as um, – Basically, the Department of Defense doing what they can within their span of control um, with, with the funds that they have um, 
to basically prevent the veterans from becoming bums. Yeah, that is literally the mindset. And and I don't mean I that think they in even a tell, I think way. they even tell you uh, this will reduce the chances of you be, it, it, of you becoming homeless. And now, if you do become homeless, it's your fault, not ours. Right. And so I don't mean I want to be able I want to be very clear about this. I don't mean that in a negative way. We just referenced how much better it is than what Stu Headley got when mm-hmm. he got out in 1960, yeah, was, you whatever know, it was. Nothing, basically. Right. And and so at least it's trending Thanks in the right for direction. The world. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It, and it just goes to show, you know, what the priorities are. The priorities aren't um, for the military or the Department of Defense. Isn't The priorities aren't to take care of and preserve somebody who's already served the 20 best years, arguably, of their life. Um, but it is to recruit somebody uh, who's willing to commit the 20 best years of their life. And so I just think it's really important to talk about that uh, with our <coughs> listeners because um, you're one of those people. You got out at 14 years. Yeah. And that is actually pretty rare. Um, I'd like to see some numbers on that. So if there's any uh, statisticians out there or, or anybody who's passionate about numbers, uh, send us send us some numbers at 619-528-8383. And we'll pick up and we'll talk to you. Somebody's call and be like, no one does that. Yeah, nobody does that. This guy did it. And there's actually a little bit more to the story. And hopefully we get to it in our little interview here. Yeah. Uh, but so you're there. You have this realization. Like this is, thank God, I'm, I'm guessing is what you're thinking. Thank God the Honor Foundation was there. And you were able to be a member of that. And I think it's really funny that you took something that you just learned at the Honor Foundation. And you brought it into a class. You introduced the idea. Everybody kind of nodded their head with it. It required no funding from anybody. It just required a veteran willing to help other veterans. Somebody on a Facebook says, "So fourteen? That's so close." <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. So that and before we before we keep going with this, for those of you who don't know, uh, once a military member gets to the ten year mark, that's more often than not, if they reenlist after that ten year mark. They're probably going to do at least 20 years if they're not medically discharged or something like that. They're starting, and they call that a lifer, which I might have just took a word of the week from the future, uh, but that is a lifer. And and that, and some members, some military members can, I've heard of people going 37 years of active duty yeah. under different programs. But so you did 14. So, okay. So that, so I, I finished that. I, I'm, I get out of the military. It was a great experience. And uh, it kind of always stayed in the back of my mind. And then kind of through just networking and meeting people, I came across KNSJ, which is the radio station that we're broadcasting on, 89.1, and found out that they're taking programs, local show ideas. And right. so I, I come up with this idea. I pitch a show that – because here's what really stayed in the back. Here's what I know for sure is yeah. that veterans aren't – based on what we just said, I, now I want to say this. Veterans aren't like victims or, or you know – coming out with no idea what to do or totally unprepared, veterans are crushing it. That's there's right. a lot of veterans out there who are crushing it, and if there's a veteran out there who's not crushing it, then that's just an opportunity not capitalized on yet. So I wanted to kind of build a community, a voice in San Diego in Southern California to highlight all the people who are just absolutely destroying it outside of the military. Because when you leave the military, there's this idea that what are you going to do that your identity is stripped from you? And now... Where are you going to go? Where are you going to find a, another environment where you're happy working? And what are you going to do if you want to start a business? How are you going to be an entrepreneur? How are you going to be an inventor? How are you going to be a CEO or COO or CFO, C-suite executive? 
because those are all things you're qualified to do now because you started in the military. You're trained to train. You're a problem solver. You're a critical right. thinker. You're all these things, and they all need to be really, you know, you need to take those skills and own it and now go into that next life uh, and, and, you know, rise up and be the, the, the chairman of the organization that you're in. That's what you should, that's what everybody should be doing or, or parlay it. their own right. business. Yeah. Parlay it. Yeah. Take and lead other people now outside of the, outside of the military. And there's this idea that I, that I experienced where people in the military get out and they think I have no transferable skills or that you walk into an interview and, and where you can't express those things to a manager or a HR person, human resources person, uh, in a way that conveys what you're really good at. Because the, because the structure is now different and it's unrecognizable. So, uh, and I really understand, and I'll just talk about it a little bit, because when you're in the military, everything becomes very familiar. There's always a chain of command. It's not always the same people, but it's the same positions within the chain of command. And you always know where you're at. So even if you're a, a, a high-ranking person, and we'll say high-ranking as an E6, um, an E6, when somebody walks in the room, there are very, very few E6s in the Navy who put on E6 before their four or five year mark. Um, so when somebody walks in and they're an E6, you automatically know they've been in the Navy for four or five years. They've already been um, exposed to the culture of the, of the Navy. We're just talking about the Navy now, so I'll keep saying the Navy. Um, and, and when you walk into that room, it is your job as a sailor to put yourself at the bottom of that chain of command and work your way up, just like you did at your very first command when you were an E1. And by doing that, uh, you find your position. You recognize where your position is in that chain of command uh, within the first week or two. And, and then it slowly, you know, it slowly increases the longer you are at that, at that new command. Uh, but the truth is, you're so, you get so conditioned uh, to recognizing uh, your position within a chain of command, no matter where you're at, uh, that suddenly when that's stripped away from you, which is the words you just used, um, that can be a culture shock. Like, well, HR department is what a corporation has. Uh, what do we have? What's, what compares to an HR department in, in the Navy? I'm thinking, it'd be yeah. like your admin department, closest thing, no. and, then your, and then your chain of command. Well, but they have different programs. So they have like... Uh, sexual assault prevention, and the Navy's really good about having these special programs, and they have the members within the, 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 the squadron or the unit who fill these different HR programs, where uh, in, a, in like a, a major corporation, they have a whole department dedicated uh, to that. And so uh, there's, there's a good example of the culture shock that happens, um, and, which is really interesting to me because I feel that there's a lot more um, that the corporations that are that are out there at these companies, like just regular life, civilian life, uh, there's a they're a lot looser than we are in the military, and um, but the expectation is absolutely put on us in boot camp. Uh, it is your job to know the rules and and know the norms. And if you get caught slipping, uh, you can't say, "Well, I didn't know," or "I wasn't," "I wasn't." Uh, told about that because every time you show up at a new command you are given the seals guidance and and you're and you have a required reading list and you're required to run through and that's very similar to an hr what an hr department does within a corporation so i totally see what you're saying once that's stripped away from you your identity where do you fit in 
And since it's not a chain of command, if you aren't the person who started a company, so that's maybe that's why so many veterans go out and start their own companies or get this entrepreneurial spirit because it just makes sense to what they've been doing within the, the structure of the military. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now we've had going on our fifth week because uh, the first time we were on the air was Veterans Day this year. Uh, we've had a lot of great guests. So to recap our guests so far, it's been Elliot McKenzie, yeah. singer, song Gunshots, hit song, played on the on the radio here. And who is this? But uh, the Marine Marine rapper, the Marine rapper. Yeah. You gotta get I, I gotta get in touch with him, and I've got him on Facebook as a friend. He accepted my friend request, and I'm honored. Uh, we gotta get in touch with him and get him on the show because he's got some great music. Too. He had another song called "The Star Spangled Banger." Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I bought the album and uh, yeah. I listened to that one all the time too. Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to him, and yeah. he he kind of does these little. Uh, freestyle things that he posts mm-hmm. uh and he's just kind of answering um he's just kind of like uh free free flowing uh through his filter things that are happening like so like uh you know when eminem uh kind of came at uh president trump a few a, a month ago and then and then Mer- the marine rapper uh jumped in and had his little bit and it just kind of it, it it's kind of seemed seamless in sort of where society was at and what how society interpreted uh what you know, the administration was doing it. I just thought it was real time and I thought it was actually um, very relevant. Yeah. And, you know, while we're on the topic, we're definitely going to talk about some of those controversial issues facing the military today, especially going from President Obama to President Trump, like transgender in the military, yeah. uh, gay and lesbian, that whole community yeah. uh, in the military and, and kind of what we think about that. Maybe have some guests on who have been through it, experienced it. I think we all know people who've gotten experienced in Maybe I've had a tough time, and I think that's terrible. Um, yeah, and I and I and I, since we're just since you brought that up real quick, we don't have to go into the full discussion now. But I will say that uh, in my time in the military, uh, I learned a lot more about those communities because of the the changes in the way that the administrations were were sort of dictating how we would approach those those issues, and because of because of uh, the rules and regulations and the policies that were put in place and because of the freedoms that people were uh, allowed uh, within the ranks, I was able to develop a far more accurate and uh, self-reflecting opinion of different things. So my own personal growth, uh, you know, I can articulate, uh, my, you know, how it changed me in the way that I think about things. Uh, but what are some of the other subjects that uh, we were going to, that we were talking about bringing up? Well, so the show, the, the primary focus of the show is on transition. So we're going to talk about what happens when a transition goes really well, like what we've been having guests on, like Protective yeah. Brewery. By the way, I'm going to be at Protective Brewery this Saturday night for the launch of the Barback app, because we have the Barback oh, yeah, guys right. in there too. Yep. So I'm going to be at a Protective Brewery this Saturday night for the launch of the app, and I'm going to be ordering my drinks through my phone, thanks to Barback. Yeah. I oh, can't so, wait. So you were doing roll calls. We had Elliot McKenzie. Uh, Joe Laura. Joe Laura. Maurice Cornell. Maurice Cornell. We had the Barback guys. Jimmy and Marvalo, yep. and we had Sean Haggard. That's right. And so just and we've the, got some, in 2018, right in January, we've got some awesome guests. I just was talking to my friend uh, who's a dog trainer, and she's a Navy veteran. She's going to come on the show, and we're going to do an episode on military with pets, military with dogs, and what kind of the dog is going through when you go on deployment, when you come back, and when you're training, and when you're in and out of town. Yeah. Maybe give your dog to a friend to take care of. And when you come home, what that's like for a dog, and talk about service animals. Man, I've had some, I've worked with some great service animals. Uh, shout out and 
you know, unfortunately he passed away uh, uh, in Afghanistan. The last time I was there, we had a bomb, an ordnance sniffing dog, a bomb sniffing dog named mm-hmm. Bucks. Mm-hmm. I love this dog. And he had PTSD from being in uh, IED blast. Yeah. Imagine you're a dog and then you're in a, a, a an explosion and you don't know why that happened, where it did. And now that's just something that could happen. As far as you're concerned, yeah. it could happen anywhere, anytime. So uh, we're going to get on there and talk about our beloved pets. We're going to have motivational speakers. We're going to have fitness uh, gurus, enthusiasts. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of great guests. Yeah. And musicians. We, and we talked about uh, doing a VFW. Oh, yeah. And then we're going to have the VA, the Department of Labor. We're going to have yeah. a specialist for when transition doesn't go great, too. Yeah. So for a lot of people who get out and then they don't get a job or they don't get uh, a disability rating and they, they don't use their benefits or they didn't get their GI Bill or what do you do then? You know? Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to bring light to a lot of those subjects and we're going to keep it focused on the Southern California, San Diego region. I, I know we have national and international listeners through the podcast and through Facebook, but you know, the highlight is what's going on in our backyard. We're, we're going to focus small so our reach can become bigger and bigger. Yeah. I think when you narrow your sites, you grow your audience. Yeah. So you were talking about, um, going to honor foundation, going to TGPS, then running into the guys from the radio station KNSJ, which is what you're hearing us on today, mm-hmm. uh, and how they're a community radio. And let's talk about KNSJ for a minute. Uh, KNSJ is, uh, how is it how is it funded? So KNSJ is publicly funded. Yep. And if you want to know more about that, go to KNSJ.com. And they can, people can do donations there. Yeah. So it's all publicly funded. There's a holiday party on Monday. Uh, you go to the holiday party. So... Uh, on Monday. On Monday, and, a friend Jim just reminded me about it. And so if uh, listeners out there, if your favorite radio program is on this station, uh, go to the website, make a donation. Uh, if Scuttlebutt, uh, if you want to continue hearing us, um, go to the website, make a donation. Help keep KNSJ uh, in the black. So that in the black basically just means uh, so we can pay our bills so that we can broadcast. Uh, we're completely nonprofit. You and I do not get paid at all. Uh, we do this out of the pure passion uh, for our experience, uh, active duty and as veterans. And uh, so now here we are. So you conceptualized it. We're here. I'm with you. Uh, I'm loving every minute of it. Um, what else is on the horizon for you on a personal level? Well, one thing is for our listeners, uh, next week being uh, three days for Christmas, our next show on Friday, I've got a really special story, sea story, if you will, okay. that'll bring tears to the eyes of our listeners. Well, it makes me cry. I almost wanted to tell it. It's really a special story. Okay. Uh, when you guys, when you guys hear, you're going to love it. So, so tune in next week. Tune in next week. To that story. Yeah. We've got about a little less than 15 minutes left today. Okay. Uh, still a lot of stuff to get to. Yep. We're going to have Van talk about uh, history. So a bit of history. history, which is a topic. I love the topic. Actually, let's go into history. Okay. Let's knock out this Day, okay. this week in military history. Okay, I'll make it do. as quick as possible. Well, don't rush it. You okay. know, we got the, we'll give it five minutes. Okay, but uh, I don't want to miss the VFW spot, and I don't want to miss um, the homeless, because we were going to talk about uh, homelessness and stuff like that in San Diego. Yeah. We've been talking about it for a couple weeks. It's that time of year where people really yeah. want to reach out to homeless folks, so I think we should take a few minutes to at least talk about it. We'll run through some of the numbers, see where San Diego weighs on the scale, and we'll discuss uh, sort of the veterans, how it's impacting the veteran uh, community in San Diego as well. Yeah, so I'll let you prep your, your notes and I'll talk about that real okay. quick. So the city of San Diego just set up three large housing tents for the holiday season for uh, homeless, and one of them is 
from what I read online, dedicated to veterans. So if you, and this goes back to that VA ID card thing, and that system's down right now, but when, if, when it's back up, we're going to talk about it on the air, and we're going to put it on Facebook, because I've been trying to get my veteran ID, prove your service, uh, that we can get veterans benefits like that. If you are, if you, you know what, if you are homeless, you're probably not listening to this show right now, but if you see somebody who's a, on the street who's got a sign or they're wearing a hat from Vietnam or Gulf War or something like that, and they are homeless. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you give them money, but maybe just tell them where these services are at. And uh, I'll post a link on Facebook to the article on where these tents are at because it is sad. I mean, you, you never know if you're looking at somebody who's got a sign that says homeless veteran if they're if they really are or not. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of them probably aren't. It is really sad. There's a lot of mental health issues that go along with homelessness, and this time of year, especially with it being the holidays, I think it's a good time to kind of give back and share with uh with, with people in that community who might be suffering yeah so uh max let me ask you <clears throat> do you ever give money to homeless people i more commonly i don't really i more commonly in uh in a giving mood will bring food or ask if they want food i do the same i also when i uh thin out my closet or something like that i'll put it in a bag and it's, instead of going uh to the goodwill uh, I'll find somebody who's roughly my size and just ask them if they want it. Uh, funny story is, uh, so I lived in Mira Mesa uh, for about 12 years. And uh, man, we used to see this bum, same same guy all the time. And, you know, I, so, you know, we would, we would look uh, and we kind of had a nickname for him, uh, the guy or whatever. And uh, he was my, roughly my size. So, we thinned out the closet uh, one time, me and my neighbors, and uh, we kind of put together this little care package and we put it into a nice little tight little bundle into a backpack. Uh, so one day, driving along, and uh, and so my ex was driving around with the bag in the car just waiting to see this guy. And she said, uh, she, she finally saw him and she gave it to him. And I was, I was actually deployed uh, at the time uh, when she gave it to him and about a week later uh, there's this little small canyon uh, behind where we lived uh, and they were out in the yard and they looked down in the canyon and she saw the backpack was down in the canyon so the place she had given it to him was like two miles away and so now there's this backpack down in the, in the bottom of the canyon she builds up the courage she goes down there I think she had one of the neighbors go down and get it or whatever it was they bring up the backpack, everything's still in it. And you know, and I and I tell that story to sort of highlight the idea, like, uh, not what we think is going on is is always going on. And uh, he didn't ask for any of those donations. We assumed he wanted those donations. And I think it's funny that uh, we took the time to think of him in a way that we think maybe we would want to be thought about, and uh, and, and found him, gave it to him, and he returned it. To our canyon. In other words, just like we knew who he was, he knew who we were, and he knew where to bring that back to. Incredible. Like, so I do not give, uh, I do not give money to homeless folks, uh, mostly because a lot of uh, addicts end up homeless, and I don't want to be an enabler. At the same time, I don't uh, want to just walk by them either. So I've done uh, blanket drives. I've donated to blanket drives. A lot of churches do uh, blanket drives and clothing drives and and, and toy drives for. Because, you know, some homeless uh, families have children. And, uh, you know, for our listeners out there, if you if you really want to make an impact in the community, go somewhere and volunteer somewhere. Uh, you can make donations. 
to an organization that you know is that's their cause. Uh, but just volunteering your time, I think, is uh, one of the most uh, precious and, and priceless things that you can really do. So you know what I think we need to do, mm-hmm. honestly, is uh, get an expert on and ask the question. Because I don't know if that's a misconception or not. If you give, if you give five dollars to a some a, a tr- somebody on the street, right? It doesn't. Where does it go? What's you know statistically right. speaking? Yeah, let's, let's let's get the facts. on Yeah, that. let's do that. So let me let me run through some of these uh, homeless numbers that I got. Yeah, we got about eight minutes left. Eight minutes left. Got it. Okay. Uh, so San Diego ranks as uh, the has the fourth largest homeless population nationally. Um, I'm not going to cite uh, where the statistics come from because I, I don't I'm not prepared for that. But uh, when you Google it, this is the basic information that comes up. So fourth largest uh, homeless population. They estimate roughly about nine thousand. Uh, homeless people in San Diego. Uh, just over half of them uh, go to shelters at night, um, which means just under half of them are living out on the street in the tents along 16th or wherever, over the bridges, you know, uh, parks, stuff like that. Uh, when you think about, and we'll just use a rough number, of 4,000 people uh, homeless, uh, San Diego is the place you want to be homeless, right? We don't have uh, very... You know, inclement weather, it's not too bad. It's, it's year-round, you know, pretty temperate uh, climate. Uh, but an interesting story that I, I had heard and I did a little research on it is at one point, uh, Nevada uh, had, had bought one-way tickets uh, for some of their, there was a, a mental institution there, and over a period of time, they had bought up to 500 tickets sending people who were being discharged uh, to San Francisco and San Diego specifically. And it's, that's so crazy. It is insane that it's even legal to do. Um, and so, you know, feel free to Google it. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the details, but that's sort of what adds to uh, the homeless population here. And so they buy them a one-way bus ticket, give them a little bit of cash, and then they would, it would, they would be rid of them out of their community. So they have to live somewhere. Um, and so eventually we have to do something. And it's, I, don't, I don't really view it as a San Diego problem, as a, as a this problem, that problem. Uh, but I think it's a culturally, how do we address it? And I, so I think us talking about it the way we do, how we don't give money uh, to homeless folks because we don't want to be the inner neighbors. Uh, so I did mention that San Diego had the fourth largest homeless population, uh, which actually uh, is very small in comparison to places like New York City. They estimate their homeless population at 76,000. Los Angeles estimates their uh, population, 55,000. And in the Northwest, Seattle and Portland, uh, they kind of have some combined numbers. But nationally, uh, it's over half a million homeless people nationally. And so uh, San Diego's doing their small bit, and the VA is contributing, uh, doing their small bit, and putting up these tents. I think it's great. Uh, I think uh, I think there's a lot of... Uh, uh, another thing, we talked about addiction, but there's an, another issue that comes up when it comes to homeless uh, people, and it's mental illness. And mental illness uh, can come from a myriad of, of, of different things. It can be uh, genetic. It can, it can come from addiction, uh, drug use and abuse. Um, it can just come from life, PTSD. Um, if those things aren't dealt with in a good way, uh, this is how they, this is how they you know, manifest. And it's somebody who can't take care of themselves anymore and doesn't value the same things we value. Like I value paying my rent. I value making my car payment. I value having a job. I value preparing uh, for the next day. 
And, uh, you know, uh, some of these people, they just, their value systems are different. It doesn't make them any, any less, uh, you know, uh, more deserving of, of just having the things that they have universal rights to, healthcare and education. And so I think it's, I think it's awesome that they're putting up that, uh, those three tents. And, you know, it is San Diego. You know, they could just live in the park and probably be okay. Um, but we don't know where they came from. We don't know how they got here. And we need to have a system. And I know we're, we're running short on time. But uh, I went, once I heard a guy, uh, we were having a very similar discussion. And I'm just going to throw this out on the airwaves. Uh, this is not my idea, but I think it's a great idea, so I'll share it. And so I told him I was in the Navy. Uh, he sat there for a second, and he looked at me, and he goes, you know, because I was talking about how San Diego is such a hub for the Navy, West Coast hub. He goes, how come the Navy doesn't take? one of those old ships that they're not going to use anymore, instead of sinking it off the off the coast somewhere or scrapping it, why don't they turn it into a homeless shelter? And imagine if they did that. Because there's they have they have lodging, birthing, they have uh, everything that you need to live. It's a small city, literally. And imagine if they did that with like three or four of those ships. You know, I, I understand. You need to send these guys to A school. Get them raised. <laughs> they have cooks. <laughs> we can cooks retread them. Corman and... Yeah, we could their own fighting force. HTs, but I mean they got they got everything they need there. Yeah, and you could you could train them, you could rehabilitate them, if that's what they wanted, and uh, you know, now obviously there's some problems that come with it. You know, like, you know, people who are mentally ill, you know, coming on and off the ship can be a little dangerous, if they're especially if they're not sober or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then oh yeah, that's you don't have to be mentally ill yeah. to drunkenly fall off a ship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or and and. You know, so now you're in confined spaces. We had this, we had this, what was it, Hep A? Oh, yeah. Uh, like outbreak? Crisis. Yeah, crisis. And they, they associated that with the increase in homeless population. Um, overall, though, uh, vets in San Diego, um, they we are up 2% this year for homelessness. Um, oh, yeah. That, for the first time in a long time, right? Yeah, up 2%. But we are down 49% from 2009 which means the programs that are in place are working. So it was going down for years, and then this year it went up. There was a but spike. It's the first year it's gone up in a long time. Right, and we could probably attribute that to uh, uh, places like AMVETS and... Uh, BVSD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So And the stuff that Veterans VA Village. is doing right. We're going to have Veterans Village. I'm going to get them on the show. Veterans Village is awesome. I really like those guys. So okay. how much time do we have left? We've got like a minute. So we've got like a minute left. One thing I, one thing from the history that I do want to hit before we run out of time yeah. is, the, is the flag. Okay. So we're talking about the flag uh, this day in history. Yeah, uh, this, one minute. This week in history, uh, 2011, uh, the American flag was lowered in Baghdad, uh, uh, basically symbolizing the end of our war in Iraq. Uh, those of you who are paying attention, uh, Operation Inherent Resolve and the fight against ISIS uh, was respurned uh, approximately two years ago. So that lasted about three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I want to bring that up because we've both been there. So yeah. with that, the show is wrapping up. Thanks, everybody. It's been a great time. And uh, tune in next week. Yeah, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to The Scuttlebutt on 89.1 KNSJ Descanso. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Scuttlebutt Show. And on Twitter at Show Scuttlebutt.